You're listening to episode 144 of the Tennis Files podcast. Equipment trends and gear Q&A with Babalat's Alan Iverson. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. My name is Mirban Iranshad, a former Division I college player, and on the show I interview the world's top pros, coaches, and experts to help you improve your tennis game. And today, I want to present to you a very cool session that I had with Babalat's Allen Iverson. And no, he's not the star basketball player for the 76ers, but he is a sales rep for Babalat, uh, and he represents um, all of Southern California, or should I say he uh, covers all of that territory for Babalat. And uh, it was really great to talk to him. I, I'm actually bringing you um, part of a huge live session that we did as part of Tennis Summit 2020 on uh, equipment trends and gear Q&A. So it was really fun. We took a lot of live questions from the audience. Uh, we had, se- I think, s- several hundreds or maybe more of of people who tuned into the live stream and asked their questions, and they were really good questions, actually. And so, uh, as I mentioned, you know, that I'm taking a part of that and putting it into, into the podcast. And, you know, speaking of the summit, it was just totally wild. I'll probably debrief um, maybe in, in next week's episode, but uh, I'm still in the thick of things a bit. But uh, we have had over 12,300 people attend the summit, which is just incredible. Uh, that is, I think, double last year at least. So, uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous and um, just some amazing engagement every day, getting amazing emails and messages. So it's been really cool. And I have been lacking sleep, of course. But it's all in good fun and for tennis, so I don't mind. Um, but in any case, I just want to uh, cut to the chase now and bring you uh, this great session uh, with a lot of great insights on equipment trends and gear with Bobolot's Alan Iverson. What has happened over the years that have been pretty substantial changes that, uh, you know, in gear and uh, equipment and so forth? Well, I think you've had great playing product like Natural Gut, which has provided power for rackets. But as rackets have gotten more powerful, there's been a need for better control and spin. Hence, you know, polyesters have come about. And, and the funny thing that's happening on the polyester side is it's really a durability control and spin story, but now we're starting to talk about even more as playability. They're trying to make that, that material more powerful, uh, more responsive to give these mid power rackets more control and spin, you know, on the footwear side, it used to be a comfort or just a durability story. And now you've got running manufacturers like ASICS came in and made a lightweight shoe that really made maneuvering around the court much faster and easier. Now those shoes aren't as stable, but you know, the, the goal has been to make a lightweight shoe more stable and still a high performance shoe. So 
for us, that's our jet, but there's other manufacturers trying to do the light red trend also. So like all of our product, it's become more and more adaptive to certain tastes and what people like. You can't just make one product for everybody. And so understanding where you fit and how this product's made what you like is really important. So that could be stringing, could be shoes, you know, rackets, you know, used to have like a really small head and a real big head. Now you've got the midsize, which is what Bob Lott brought into being, but you've got a midsize hundred, you got a midsize, you know, 98, you've got one Oh twos. There's a lot of different ranges and understanding those variables and what you like will be important. Awesome. Alan. And so let's just take one aspect that you mentioned, um, which is footwear. And so uh, I'm wondering where and how we should approach it in terms of where do we draw the line when we want, you know, we, we want a, a light shoe that performs really well, but then we also want something that's stable. We want something that lasts. So what, like, what's the approach there? Well, you gotta, you know, you gotta understand what your expectations are. If you want durability and support, you're going to have a firmer ride. Now, Back in the day, if you got a shoe and you got a blister, you just deal with it and and go through that. Now all shoes have to have great at once comfort. You know, Bob Lutz in that same same tax. You know, this would be an example of a highly durable shoe. You can see it runs up a little higher. You've got stability straps on the heel and the back. This is the Propulse Rage. You got a blister. You got laces more durable in terms of the sole so this is a more supportive durable shoe a lot of padding on the top of the foot so it's still a comfortable shoe then you go to something like this now you get more of a breathable lighter upper that we do a lot of work to have it supportive but it still doesn't have the bands that that does you still got great great really comfortable footbed with a lot of a lot of grip on it, but it's a lighter weight shoe. It's not going to last quite as long, but this would be your game day performer or maybe your general performer. If you're not hard on shoes, you might like something light like this. If you're a super hard mover, you might like the support of a shoe like this. Part of that's going to be personal preference. What do you like? And that's going to be experiencing the shoe. The third element you get to, and this is where you know the right fit for you. So even if someone, a manufacturer says this is an 11 and a half and that's normally your shoe, you got to make sure to try the shoe on. If it, if it doesn't feel right, get the right sizing. Because all shoes, you're not only trying to find the right length, you're trying to find the right width in upper volume. So pay attention what that feels like. For us, this is our SFX shoe. This is a wider shoe with more cushioning. So this is more comfort. So you got three categories. You've got lightweight performer, You've got durability and support, six month guarantee, and then you've got more of a wider fit comfort story. If you're fit wider, you know, you're gonna have a few less options, but you wanna make sure you have a very comfortable footbed, not only on the bottom, but on the top of the shoe. Love it, Alan. So we're getting some questions. So if you don't mind, we might hop around, you know, from uh, different uh, types of equipment. So we've got a great question from uh, Hakan, Insulin, which you can see on the screen, which is 16 by 19 or 18 by 20. What is the most distinguishing characteristics of these rackets? And I'll just start it off by saying there's even more types than that because I have a 16 by 20 Pure Aero VS. Um, but yeah, please, if you could uh, help with that question, uh, Alan, that'd be great. 
So this is the Pure Strike 18 by 20, okay? Typically in Europe, this is a more, more popular racket. This is what Dominic Team uses. So a denser pattern will give you better tension maintenance. It's going to give you better durability for your strings and more control, but less power and spin. So this, you know, on the European side, the clay court players tend to like a denser pattern. Now, Nadal's in a pure arrow. That's a 16 by 19 pattern. This is what you'll see him in a lot. It's a 16 by 19 pattern. So a more dense pattern, more control, better tension maintenance, more durability to your strings, less power and spin. And there's always advantage drawbacks, and they're trying to mediate some of that with the rackets. You know, we've opened up the pattern on the 18 by 20 a little wider here, so you're getting some of that power and spin you can get with the 16 by 19. But it's still a matter of, you know, going out and hitting with both those rackets with the string that you normally play with to know what you like. Awesome, Alan. Great stuff. I'm just, uh, I'm seeing a lot of questions, which is exciting. Uh, and, and so, uh, we've got, uh, one from Gregory here, which is, and we'll try to get to all of them. What with gear, would you suggest picking something you're confident with and sticking with it or continuing to tinker in order to continue to uh, evolve? Great question. Well, it was funny. I was, you know, I mean, obviously we've all had more time to watch tennis videos over this time. And, uh, you know, song has been a great player for us and he tends to, like to try different product and he's been a pure arrow user at the australian open he was in the pure drive which is an even more powerful racket so one of the things you always want to be aware of is first stringing because that's at least 50 percent of the performance of of what you want now it's the string and the racket in combination that work together as you get to a more thick beam like this versus a thinner beam like this, this is gonna give me more feel and control. As I get into more of a thicker beam like this, this is more power. So you're fine, you're trying to find the most powerful racket you can control. The strings now come part of that. If you put a polyester string in, you're gonna get more control and spin. Just be careful because those strings are more durable, but there's also a little bit firmer on your arm. And that's why there's a move to make polyester softer to make them more playable, more powerful, but also easier on your arm. So the racket and the string together, that's where the demo process is a little tricky. You know, if you find a racket you really like, you want to make sure you're customizing, you know, the string too. And that's where having a regular shop that you deal with who knows you and your game, and, and even if there's a teaching pro who can consult, Work that out. Now, what that teaching pro like and what you like could be two different things because it's your hand at the end of the day. No one can tell you what you like. Now, part of it as you, is you start to take notes. You use the racket, put a note in your phone. Hey, I really felt like you could great power today, but I didn't have as much control on my ground strokes. It might, you know, and you take these notes on the string, how you liked it week one, week two, week three, because you're trying to figure out playability over the lifetime and over a period of time. Now, sometimes in the demo process, you use a racket and right away you don't like it, then trust that instinct and go to the next level. But understand beam width is what you're working with. Head size will give you more power. So a bigger head size, more power, but less maneuverability and control. Smaller head size, more control, but less power, better maneuverability. 
Great, Alan. And, and another question for you, just curious. I mean, maybe a selfish question, but it'll help others. What, how about the 16 by 20? What type of player should use a 16 by 20, do you think? Well, 16 by 20 is kind of a blend, right? Where you're you're getting a little more cross strings for control, but it's still in more open pattern. And, and what's changing in terms of patterns is not only how much, how much, what the string bed is, but how many strings are, how the width isn't always consistent. So this is the racket you and I will be talking about uh, after this podcast, because this is the new Pure Air OVS. Just yeah. out. 16 by 20 pattern, but a little more open at the top, a little more dense at the bottom where you're hitting the ball. I mean, what's changed the way Bob Let's done their product is that with this racket, we're, we're, we had a, a computerized racket called the play racket that Nadal and Wesnacki were using that was showing us where people were hitting. And it tends to be higher for topspin shots and serves, more center for flats and slice shots. So we raise the sweet spot even higher and open the pattern up here where you're actually hitting the ball. So this is a new model for us. And you can see it's a little different beam within what you know with the pure arrow VS, where it's it's arrow all the way through, not just not just at the throat, but also here at, at the head size. Awesome. Great stuff, Alan. And feel free to stop me at any time if you want to keep going, you know, going to uh, more in depth into the trends. But I mean, it's just we're getting a lot of questions here. So um, uh, we can read another one if you don't mind. Uh, And great. And this one's by Gregory Shedd, as you can see on the screen. With gear, would you? Oh, I'm sorry. There's 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 another one. Most uh, by Jeff. Most of us aren't sponsored and can't afford to buy the latest and greatest every year. How do amateurs distinguish between real inflection point improvements and incremental cosmetic ones? Well, I think the the first thing that you really want to pay attention to is your stringing. You know, racket is is very good. I mean, what's happened in rackets is. They're so well made. You can use a racket longer. Before, when the you know when you had just box string rackets, like for us, this would be our pure strike. You can see this this frame is all box frame, which gives you great flex and feel. And so it's a great traditional racket. But now, as you've gone into more elliptical or rounded, like an airplane wing rackets, these are more hollow. They move through the air faster. They're stiffer. They hold up better. You want to pay attention to your stringing. You know, that's where, you know, polyester as a, as a economic choice has been very popular because it breaks less. You just got to pay attention to A, adjust your stringing and be willing if that polyester starts to go dead to redo it. So with rackets, it is a little tricky because sometimes with your more traditional beams, like the first one I showed you, they don't change a lot because it's more of a traditional feel. What Bobla does in terms of our product is a product line like the Pure Line change on a three-year cycle because that's a pretty decent cycle for most people to be looking for changes on. And the changes are incremental. What the changes you're seeing now um, are more in terms of feel and vibration dampening. So for us, we've added a, a smack material that reduces vibration because more people are using stiffer materials to string a racket like a polyester. And people are looking for high performance in comfort, which is really, that's where we're, you know, the feel has been more and more refined. People are expectations of comfort and performance are higher. So pay attention to your stringing, turn on probably a two or two or three year cycle and work with your experts. If you have a local expert at a pro shop who you trust, 
That's what you want to know. And at the end of the day, try it out, take notes and trust your instincts, but understand the variables you're working with. Got it. I appreciate that. And so back a little bit to, uh, you know, question for questions for me about like the trends in, in equipment. Um, what are some, some either upcoming or maybe uh, recent trends in rackets in particular? And then based on that, like what steps should we take to actually select the proper uh, frame for us? And, you know, what, uh, if there's any resources too, you can shout those out. Yeah, I mean, we have a website, the Bob Lot US website's a good way to go. There's other really good reviews on all the different internet dealers. You know, they do a lot of great testing. So choose a dealer who you're comfortable with. And, and that's, you know, I think you'll find someone like a tennis warehouse does a great job of independent testing where they test the rackets, where they have a poor little guy who sits in about a 10 foot by 10 foot room and he tests all these rackets so you can look at a racket and he's going to say okay this racket these are the power levels 80 percent, 90 percent, 100 percent, wherever it is he'll show you the power level on the racket and you can compare rackets i like it because it's an independent test away from all tennis manufacturers under tennis university and they'll give you their take on how they measured the product and then you have video reviews which are good, but they're more subjective. You know, this person likes this type of racket, they like that type of racket. So those are helpful and all, you know, you get a lot of great reviewers, you know, but everyone has their bias once you get into that. What's the racket they normally use? That's gonna influence that. Got it, Alan. A uh, really great question here from Yusuf. Uh, I feel your pain because definitely um, at one point I was trying different uh, Babalat rackets. And I mean, just the colorway of the Pure Strike is gorgeous, especially with the orange. and you know, uh, eventually I just went back to the, to the, uh, Puriero VS, but, uh, we have a question from Yusuf that's asks, hi, I'm torn between buying the pure arrow and the pure drive, two great rackets. Um, any pointers? Well, this is the response you're looking for it, And it's really tricky because these rackets are the same head size. Basically they're both 16 by 19, same weight. The pure arrow is meant for someone who wants to swing, who swings faster, who wants hits with a lot of spin and wants a little less response. So this rack is actually stiffer at the throat and softer at the top. The grommets are a little more open here where they're more round grommets on the pure drive. But the basic idea is that right up to impact, this will move through the air faster. It's actually 11% more dynamic than the other models in softer at the tip so the other racket is the pure drive and this is you really the where it all started for Bomblet, our heritage racket we're hoping to change it around us open this year you know fognini's been in this Pfizer's moya was the first guy for Bomblet to win a grand slam with this tournament get to number one you know nadal had started with this racket until we developed the arrow for him this racket has a stiff throat, not as stiff as the arrow, but it's more responsive at the tip, more powerful. And that's why for serving, I mean, Roddick loved this racket. This is our best serving racket. So more responsive, but when you're choosing a racket, you're trying to find the most powerful racket you can control. So for serving best, for ground stroke power, even better. But when the ball comes fast, now it's coming off faster. Can you control that? So, I mean, we have a lot of heavy spin users here using this racket also, but it's more powerful. 
You're trying to find the most powerful racket you can control. Now, part of that's racket and part of that will be stream. Got it, Alan. Great stuff. Um, I guess we'll take another question. Uh, there's so many. <laughs> uh, this one might be a little quicker uh, for you, which is, um, doesn't team use a pro stock racket? Is that right? Or is it? Um... Well, it's funny. I was talking. I thought we did a lot of customization for his racket, this 18 by 20. And um, he was like in the original pure strike from way back when he uses this racket, but they just waited a little bit more, but it's the exact same setup. What changed a lot on this racket to kind of take a tangent, what's trending hard in rackets is making more and more comfortable and adding more vibration dampening. So we have a smack material in all three models to make the rackets more comfortable on your arm and to reduce vibration. This has twice as much as any racket, even though it's our thinnest beam. He uses this racket and he uses it with a new polyester here called RPM Power. So it's a little hard to notice on TV, but this is actually like an electric brown color and it produces great spin, but it's for a different type of player. You know, RPM Blast will give you more spin. This will give you great spin, but more power. And it's made for someone who likes to spin the ball more through the court versus someone who likes to hit a heavier rolling ball like an adult. So this is a more powerful pole. And this is the combination he's using right now. Got it, Alan. And yeah, I, so in Orlando, I was lucky enough to um, go to the Racket Sports and Paddle Show, I believe. And so I tested the new uh, Pure Arrow uh, VS, VS, excuse me, with the um, RPM power. And I loved it. Like the power was amazing. And I was just ripping the ball. So it was really, really nice experience. Um, so we got some more questions, if you don't mind. Uh, one from Andrew. I find rackets are being made more stiffer than previous years. Why are companies doing so? Do you find that, Alan? Well, I mean, the rackets are more responsive. You know, for Bob Blunt, they've always made a pretty responsive racket. Our, our rackets have probably over time gotten a little bit softer. And it's really an amazing thing because Bobblet hasn't been making rackets as long as they've made strings. We've been making strings for 140 years. We're the oldest company, mm. but rackets were only about 20. And, you know, I think other manufacturers have been trying to follow the trend of having a responsive racket like, like what Bobblet makes. But, but understand what you're looking for is not just a responsive racket, but something with a bigger sweet spot. So find a racket that's big and forgiving. That's really what I like about the Bobblet rackets. It's, uh, not only a powerful racket, but more forgiving. But to to Andrew's point, we're adding more and more dampening because of the changes in string and trying to make these rackets not only responsive, but comfortable. Gotcha. Thanks, Alan. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
Uh, let's see what we got. Um, okay. Oh, there's a question about um, which combination would produce help produce most spin. So what kind of combo are we looking at in terms of rackets and, and string to produce a lot of spin? Well, uh, you know, really a loosely strong polyester creates the most spin. You know, what happens with polyester is that it it is slicker. It has a higher burn rate. That's why it doesn't break so fast. But it also moves and snaps back faster. So it moves better with the ball to create the spin. And that's really the big value of that. Now, if you find that that the polyester is hard on your arm or you want something that's going to hold tension better because poly is going to lose tension about in about 20 hours, you've lost about half your tension. You won't notice that loss as much because it's less powerful a string. But what a lot of pros do is they put either the RPM or polyester on the main and then gut cross. And this is the most reactive material. So if you put RPM here, you're going to get durability and spin. And the softer string like a gut or a multi-filament will give you a softer surface, better tension maintenance. Some pros flip it and they go, gut main, polycross, it's going to be more powerful, but the gut still flexes well and helps for spin, but it won't give you quite as much spin as polyester on the main. So you really got three choices there. The pros are usually hybriding with gut, usually gut main, polycross, or all poly, usually looser. You know, and this is where you got to be careful back in the day to get control. People were stringing their softer strings tight. With polyester, you don't need to do that as much because it's not as powerful material and it could lead to arm injury because it's a firmer material. Thanks, Alan. And so now kind of a, well, a question for me, what is the general approach to figuring out what string is for you? Because I know for a, a lot of people, obviously you have different kinds of string and then, you know, different brands and, and different gauges. And then also obviously the different tension that you can play with. So what's like a kind of a, a game plan or a roadmap that you can give people to help them uh, really finally figure out what string uh, can, can work best for them? Well, I mean, the string market, it's, not as expensive to get in the string market. So the amount of string companies is amazing, right? Yeah. There's so many different string companies. That's where it's tricky. And there's a, a lot of misinformation around that, right? Because people are just trying to hype up what their string is. So you want to figure out what benefits you're looking to get. If I go to a softer string, like a natural gut or a multi-filament, you know, those type of strings will give me more power, more comfort, and better tension maintenance. If I go to polyester, I'm going to get more spin and control and great durability, but it's going to be a little harder on my arm. And, um, you know, tension maintenance is not as good. So those are my trade-offs. If I hybrid the two, then I can work with that. Now, what you're seeing in polyesters, you want to start reading, you know, if you like the poly, but some of them are too softer, now... You're getting into polyesters like we've had an RPM, we had an RPM team, this is RPM rough for us. Mm. What's happening on this market is you've got a polyester string that is softer. So I get some of the benefits of the poly, but it's a little easier on my arm. We make that in three colors in a black, this uh, optic red shot for the pure strike, those type of strings. And this is where you're working with a local stringer and string shop that can give you some advice 
in your taking your own notes, I use this string, I liked it this way, and I know you're not necessarily wanting to change out your string a lot, but it's worth it to find the right combination because this is the engine to your car. This, besides the racket, is at least half the story. And strings will continue to evolve. So reading reviews and checking out specs is important. So a softer poly is great for spin and control, but you might, you know, it just depends how often you go through the strings. And so taking your own notes, periodic, you don't have to do it every time you're out, but knowing what you like is really important, not only day one, but day, you know, week three, week four, you know, however long you keep your strings, you should be changing your strings as many times as you play in a week. So if you're only playing once a week, just every six months is fine. But if you're playing two or three times, you want to think about a three or four month cycle. Thanks, Alan. And so uh, one question that a uh, very good question. And uh, sometimes I make fun of my friend for this because he has a pure control that I think is probably like 16 years old, but he still loves it. But um, uh, Sharish asks, how can we tell when a racket is done? I mean, the racket looks okay externally, but has been put through its paces for over a couple of years by a 4 plus player. So what are your thoughts on that, Alan? Part of it's going to depend on the beam width. You know, the thicker beams are going to are going to soften up, but they're still going to be pretty responsive. Believe it or not, the hardest thing you do to your rack, unless you're abusive, like throwing it, isn't to play with it. It's to restring it because there's unequal pressures on the frame. That's the hardest thing. So if you restring a lot, then it's time to to change out your racket. You know, if you're not restringing as much, then I, you can give it more time. I'd have to know what kind of racket it is, but Pay attention to how often you string it. If you have a local dealer with an RDC machine, he can kind of, he can test the flex the racket and let you know what it is compared to a new one. And that gives you a more specific measurement. But stringing, how often you string is really a critical element. Thanks, Alan. And, and actually related on that, you know, you talk about obviously that stringing is a huge pressure on the racket. So what can we do when we're stringing to try to minimize that impact on the racket so that they can last longer? If you're personally stringing your racket, um, so for the for you guys home stringing there, yeah. don't string one piece if your mains finish at the bottom, right? So if you go bottom up on a racket, it's very hard on the racket itself. So if it's if your mains finish at the bottom near the throat, do a two piece string job. When you're stringing, don't pull more than three three mains at a time. If you can do one or two, it's even better because that creates a more unequal pressure. So if you string all one mains on one side, that's definitely going to lead to a problem. Finish your string job when you start it. Don't leave a racket partially strung on your stringer because it's again it's creating that unequal pressure really tough. Now you know the better machine you have the easier it is because they have 10 point mounting systems. So there's more points on the racket to help give it support where the two point system is a little tougher. And this is where you're going to. So when you really trust to, you know, you might, you might like this home stringer, but ch check the quality of the string job, not just, you know, when you're looking at stringing and, and how you like it, you're looking at how you like the overall string job, but how, how even are the strings? You know, if your strings are coming out in there, and there's a bowing to them, the stringer's not restraining them. And if they're left that way overnight, they're going to fix that way. They won't come back to the right area. So get a stringer who strings right, gives you a nice, you know, 90 degree look to your strings. You want the right look when you're done.
Got it. And and sorry, I just want to clarify, like when you say the the um, mains end at the the bottom, like can you can you kind of um, illustrate for us as far as that? And this is your main string. This is your most important string on the racket. This is strung first. So you string these coming this way, going top to bottom or bottom to top, and then you do the what's called the cross string. That's horizontal. That's strung second. So that's what you want to pay attention to on the rack. You can see this is a four-piece stringer. See how the different knots. So if I got four knots, see the two here, two here, one up here. That's a two-piece string job. If I want to see two knots, they just just strung it with one piece. So one piece. They only you know started at the mains and finished at the bottom with the crosses. This one you would finish at the bottom, but then started again at the top. That's why you see the knot. You can see it there up here. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, there's just so many questions. Uh, let's see what else. Um, can you recommend a string that has the playability of a non-poly and life of a poly? Should I modify gauge instead? Well, the gauge question is a great question, too. So, you know, what you want to get in... You know, things have gotten better, right? They're making polyester, which is a great control, sorry, softer. Um, you can get thinner gauges. So thinner, and it's, and it's tricky when you talk about string gauges because it's a plumber measurement, so it's how many fit within a diameter. So if I say 18 gauge, that's actually thinner than 17 gauge or 16 gauge or even a 50, 15 gauge, excuse me. So Nadal used the 15 gauge because he likes the durability and the control. And there's pretty good snapback on a 15 gauge if you string it loose, but it's tougher on your arm. So if you like poly, you could use a thinner gauge and make it easier, or you can start to hybrid it with a thin gauge poly on the main in a thicker gauge, like 16 gauge on the, on the cross and like a 17 or 18 gauge on the main if you're not breaking strings. And this is where you start to track your string. You know, how how long is this string lasting for me? Hey, that lasts three months. That's a pretty, you know, for my, how much I play, that's a good good idea. And, you know, knowing you know, those parameters we talked about before, how much you're playing and how much life you're getting, that's going to be the key. So you can go a thinner poly to make it play better. You could do a poly combination. Unfortunately, like I, I've asked questions like, hey, why not take like a natural gut and add polyester to it to make it more durable? Now, Boblet over the years has made the, their construction of gut in thicker strands to give it more durability, but it's still a softer playing performance story with great power. But if you, whatever you add, and this is where the trick, this is why Boblet's natural gut is the best. Whatever coating I put on a soft string, it's only going to flex to the level of that coating. So if I get a, if I put a stiffer material in a softer string, it's only going to flex to like that stiffer material. And so that's where you got to be, that's where it's tricky with the softer strings. You want to add a good coating, but if it's too stiff, it makes the string too stiff. Got it. Excellent stuff here. Just scrolling through a little bit, um, but uh, let's see. What is the advantage? Oh, interesting. What is the advantage or disadvantage to shoes that are low to the ground? And how do you distinguish them from others when trying to purchase shoes? Ron, that's a fantastic question. And that's really been really the challenge in shoes. You know, a lot of uh, Bala shoes are low to the ground because that's the best performance story. But you've had other manufacturers come in and really create a lot of cushion. So great cushioning is going to give you good comfort. 
but not as good a feel for the ground. So that's your trade-off. It's like a sports car. If I really get a nice sports car and I drive it in sport mode, I'm going to feel the road better, but I'm also going to feel more discomfort. So a more padded shoe will give me more comfort, but less feel for the ground. So this is where, you know, people like Pete Sampras, you know, started with the original pro staff. And when Nike was making the air oscillate, it was a very low to the ground shoe because that was the feel he liked. But I think that's, there's, that's their trade-off. You're trying to find the lowest ground to the ground shoe you can with the most comfort. So typically a lightweight performer will give you better feel for the ground, but less durability. Whereas a more durable shoe was going to give you more cushion because they're just more, there's more soul between you and in the core. Got it. So a uh, question from me, Alan, I've heard the advice that like when choosing rackets, you should just basically try to find the heaviest racket that you can use like somewhat comfortably. Uh, and that's kind of the approach that you should be taking, but like, what is your approach? And you can comment on that as well, as far as, um, how to find, I mean, a great racket, the best racket for you, besides, of course, testing. <laughs> well, I think what's happened back in the day when the racket beam widths and head sizes were basically almost the same, the only way you got a more powerful rack was to make it heavier. So, you know, wood came in a lot of different weights, but not a lot of different head sizes. The same thing when you got to the all graphite rackets. You don't need as heavy a racket now. You've had some racket manufacturers come out with tour models and those were the most return rackets you know for these big manufacturers because they were too heavy for a normal player what's happened with these more electrical beams is since this is stiffer and moves through the air faster i don't really need as heavy a racket so weights on the tour are going down for the especially for the younger players now also we're seeing a change in how people play you know we came out with the pure strike because you know Back in the day, you had guys 10 feet behind the baseline hitting ground strokes, big looping ground strokes. Well, now all these guys are taking pretty big swings and taking the ball earlier. So, you know, Agassi kind of started that trend. You know, you see Djokovic way in the court. You know, Pui, who has been injured for a while, but coming back, I mean, he stands inside the baseline. So, you know, they're looking for a little more response in a lighter, more maneuverable racket. If it's too heavy, I'm going to have trouble maneuvering. So weight gives you power, but less maneuverability. Now I can get a lighter weight, more elliptical racket and I'm getting great power, but in maneuverability, but I'm not having to struggle with, with, with the weight so much. So, you know, at the pro level, they do add some weight for stability just because the, the ball speed is so fast, but find the right, Racket head size you like. Usually the best is going to be between a 98 and 100. If you need more margin, you swing slow, you can go to an oversize. But typically what's selling our market is a 97 to 100 square inch racket because it's a great blend of smaller head for control, bigger head for power. It's right in between where you get both benefits. Awesome, Alan. Appreciate that. Um, so we have, uh, let's see. Oh, good question. Brent, um, when looking for a new racket... How much attention should we pay to swing weight and balance? A lot. I mean, it's really tricky because we can talk about two rackets that are 10.6 ounces on strong and they play totally different because of where the balance is. Vabla typically, when we go lighter, we add more weight to the head to give it more power. The original lightweight rackets were not very powerful because 
there was not enough in weight in the head. So we're easy to move, but no power because where your mass is makes a big difference. For us, as we go heavier, we make the rack and more headlights. So we still get that some of that maneuverability trade off as you go heavier. But that's, again, this is personal preference. What do you like? Basically, mm -hmm. you know, if we start to get into our tour rackets, you'll see a little bit of difference. When we say tour, there's more weight towards the head. So what, like, you know, in the pure Aero VS, that has more weight in the head because it's made for a higher skill level player who can still maneuver that heavier weight racket. And so that's a great question. And then really how the rackets light up. So we can talk about weight, but you know, there's 17 flex points on a racket. You know, if it's stiffer at the tip, like the pure drive and pure arrow, it's going to be more powerful, even though it's the same weight. Right. Exactly. Alan. Um, and yeah, if you all can see, I have a pure strike 16, oops, 16 by 19 there. I can't point properly, but anyway, behind my right shoulder. Um, so uh, this is a really good one um, from Gregory, which is, since stringing seems paramount, any comments on hybrid string patterns, um, co-poly versus po poly? And then you talked about this a little bit, I think, but tension and also, uh, you know, other stuff as well. Well, let, let's talk about tension and we'll start talking about hybrid. So tension is critical. If I, if I string tighter, I get more control. Uh, I get more control over the ball, but less comfort, less power. If I string looser, I get more power. I get more comfort. Now, where it's tricky for polyester, you got a guy like Jack Sock who would string like 26, 34 loose. Other guys like Nadal, he's typically 54 no matter where he's at. Other guys will change according to conditions, right? If it's if it's hotter and higher altitude, they'll string tighter because it's a faster condition. And the balls come into this too. So tension, more tighter, more control, less power, less comfort, lower tension, more comfort, more power, less control, because it's more responsive. Hybrid stringing, your main string, like we were talking about stringing earlier, this main string, this is your main main response to the ball. So if you put a polyester string here, you're gonna get durability control. If you hybrid with the softer string, that's gonna make it more comfortable and give you better tension maintenance. You know, and this is where it's tricky. You say, okay, I'm gonna change to a hybrid from my polyester or i'm going to go from my multi-filament to a hybrid for more spin and control don't change too many elements at one time i know it's there's a cost factor here but change one thing at a time so if you're going to change your string material or setup don't change tension because now you change two variables it's going to be hard for you know what made the difference maybe you like your polyester but you like it better after three four weeks string it looser or maybe you're fine, you don't have enough control with your polystring a little tighter, but just pay attention to your arm in terms of how it feels. So great question. And again, you know, gauges come in here too. Thinner gauge is going to give me more response, a little more spin, more comfort, but less durability. Higher gauge, more durability, more control. Sweet. Awesome, Alan. All right. I really hope you enjoyed that episode or interview slash Q&A episode with Alan Iverson from Bobalot. Um, huge shout out to Bob Lod. Really like their products, and I use a lot of them, of course. Um, Pure Aero VS is one of them. And uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed myself, and I'm going to go back and listen to that whole episode again and also the the longer session on the summit to uh, just kind of refresh my memory on, you know, the right approach to, to racket strings and shoes because I definitely have a couple of those that I need to refresh actually the strings and shoes 
So that'll be exciting for me, and uh, hopefully you all enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, that was one of six live streams that I did as part of the summit. So it was really, really a blast, and uh, it was really just helpful in seeing all the engagement and very positive uh, moments there. So I feel like I'm talking like the Rafa Nadal here. But um, yeah, so I uh, really appreciate you listening and uh, would also really appreciate it if you would subscribe to the Tennis Files podcast. And you can do that in your favorite podcast app of your choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Republic, or any other Google Podcasts as well, excuse me. And they're all great. And uh, I want to leave you with a quote as, as I often like to do at the end of an episode. And this one is by William James. And William James said, Our greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. And this reminds me of uh, my summit session and interviews before with Rick Macy, a legendary coach, uh, coached I think either five or six world number ones and many other champions. And um, he just, he talks about mind control being the biggest thing where, you know, maybe you're playing somebody who looks like they have worse strokes than you all around uh, and yet they beat you two and two. And that's the case because they're often more disciplined and they fight for every ball and they are the ones who are able to shut out all the extraneous information and just focus on the task at hand. And so uh, in a similar vein with the quote here from William James, it's just talking about how um, we can just, we can flip it again, like Rick, another of, of Rick's um, Macyisms perhaps, but um, you know, you can choose one thought of negativity or another, another thought of perseverance and positivity. So your choice. Um, but Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and I'm really looking forward to producing more podcasts, and I also want to do a lot more live streams, because after those six live streams, I mean, I was just loving the engagement, and um, yeah, I've you know I've pretty much doubled my audience after the summit. It's just been crazy. So anyways, I'm looking forward to producing more content for you all, and please be safe, be well. I know that I think it's it's some areas of the U.S. at least and maybe other countries, uh, some of the courts are opening up. So uh, not yet here, I believe, but where I'm at. But for all of you, uh, be safe and practice uh, good hygiene. So all the best to you. Take care. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. This is Mirabhan Aranshad signing out. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.